right yeah and that's probably why he's the best right and and sometimes you know like and i hate giving this advice to students but that's my advice is work on your fundamentals <laughs> exactly it's all fundamentals draw, yeah <laughs> if you can't draw people right how are you going to draw things for people Hello and welcome to this episode of the Luciano Cast. I'm your host, Luciano. I hope you're having a great time and I hope your time is about to get even better with this episode with Churu Yun. Churu and I go way back. Uh, he's known me since I was but a wee lad working uh, sweeping floors at my dad's design studio when Churu was an actual designer working there as well. Uh, he has since gone on to other pastures, spending time in Seattle, both as a designer and as a business owner here in Michigan. Um, this was a great conversation. I enjoyed it very much. We were a bit all over the place, which was uh, kind of my doing, but True uh, handled it very well. And uh, I really enjoyed the conversation we had around balance, fundamentals, and even some things on farm foresting. <laughs> all that and more. Please enjoy this episode with Chu Ruyan. Awesome. By the um, way, I, I will never listen to this podcast. So. You won't? <laughs> I don't. I, I hate the sound of my voice. Serious? So, uh. I, you, know, you know, actually, I mean, I, I feel like everybody, a lot of people have that condition where yeah. they can't. They just, you know, if they run into a recording of themselves, video or audio, they just go, ah. Oh. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I just shut it off. I got you. Sometimes I, I don't listen to it. Okay, I, you you might convince me to listen to it, but yeah, um, we'll see how much fun we have. But typically, yeah, I mean, sometimes even myself, I'm like, ooh, I sound like that. Ooh, I, I'm kind of nasally. <laughs> I see what they're talking about with that Michigan accent. <laughs> now that I'm talking to these people from the south or something, it's it's like it's so jarring because you're yeah, your own voice. You just never hear it from the the. So what do you call it? Extra perspective. Yeah. <laughs> of yourself. Third, and then you third perspective, third person. And then you're confronted with it and you're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like if you've ever seen those cameras that like reverse. So like you see yourself in the mirror all the time. So you think that's how you look, but you actually look like you're reversed. And I'm like, yeah. no, I've been putting my hair to the left because that's cool. And now you're telling me that my hair is actually to the right. That's not cool. And I've been doing that my whole life. <laughs> there's a there's a thing called the chirality. Chirality. Uh, do you do you know what that is? No. Chirality means, you know, uh, the way that's the direction of, uh, uh, the way that something the the direction of like clockwise or counterclockwise. Like that that would be a chirality. I'm not sure if I'm explaining this right, but there is a uh, there's what's called a chirality of life, um, where um, if if the sequence of molecules um, uh, spin uh, or you know in the opposite direction or or, or organized in, in the opposite ah. direction of of you know the way it usually is, it, it it's like it's it's really bad. It's a <laughs> I get what you're saying. So I Googled it. It says yeah. this phenomenon. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm Joe Rogan's Jamie. I'm both Joe Rogan and Jamie in this scenario. But yeah. the phenomenon of biological shape selection is called chirality from the Greek for handedness. On Earth, the amino acids char characteristic of life are all left handed in shape and cannot be exchanged for the right handed doppelganger. Yeah. And, and that's from the Smithsonian. 
Right, right. And then if, if they, they, you know, if you, if you encounter something that's the opposite direction, perhaps it's, it's, it's not life, it's the opposite, you know, it's, it's, it's deadly, right? Yeah. And so. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking <laughs> of life, <laughs> speaking right. of life and what we're doing here, appreciate you coming on to the podcast. I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep most of that on <laughs> for the intro. Oh my God. We're going to get weird here. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. But... <laughs> um, it's true. Thank you for coming on to Luciano cast. First of all, um, I wanted to talk to you, of course, because um, you're a designer and I like designers. I, I, I like design and I appreciate that designers have a different way of looking at things. The good ones do anyways, right? The not, not so good designers think how we all think, right? There's, you know, regular people, but designers who put um, kind of intention behind um, aesthetics and functionality and things and think about the way that we interact with everyday things or not everyday things in our life. Um, I just really appreciate kind of what that is and what that does for the rest of humanity, including myself, even selfishly. I appreciate a nice design product. And I know that somebody did that on purpose for me, but for other people who use that product, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that, I'm a designer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? No one likes to pat themselves on the back. But And, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I feel like I, at this point, I'm pretty sure that I was meant to be a designer, you know? Yeah. Why is that? Well, you know, uh, you grow up, as you grow up, you know, they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and when I was growing up, I didn't know that being a designer was a thing. Yeah. I discovered design, I think, later than most people. Um, I went to school for it you know, in my late or mid twenties. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when I was going to school, it was, it was apparent that, you know, everybody was, you know, is going to be done by the time I start, you know? And so, um, but when I, when I got there, um, it just felt like it was a thing that I've been looking for. <laughs> and now that, um, I've done it for a while, um, it really feels great. And, and I couldn't have, <laughs> you know, asked for anything uh, different or you know just feels right yeah so, so yeah uh, now i yeah i truly feel like yeah i, I am a designer <laughs> so i got you well i think the validation of having been paid for many years to be a designer as, um, as either an employer and or contractor um, is kind of a start to that validation but then when you um, start your own firm and now, you know, you're getting paid for that. That's also, I think that's just extremely validating that, oh, uh, the creative world is something that, you, you know, you can be a designer and I am a designer because look, I got a house. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can pay for things. I can, I can pay for things. I can eat. Yeah. As a designer, right. It's, it's yeah. not anymore. It's, it's like, wow, this is what I do. And, and it's really um, how, uh, you know, it provides me the life I want to live. So, uh, yeah. So um, I want to talk about what is that life that you want to live? But I also want to talk about um, design. What is design to you? And and maybe um, lead into like, does design play a role in the life that you want to live? Mm, right. Well, Just want to hit it with the heavy stuff right away. Get pretty deep here. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> see the life i want to live well um, what is design what is design let's start well, there okay okay <laughs> what's design to you i don't i don't actually 
have a formulated opinion of that. It, it seems like um, when you think you have a pretty good idea on what design is, um, you grow a little older or you gain more experience and, and things, you know, uh, you, you start to have, you know, uh, not a different, but an evolution of, you know, your, your, your understanding of what design is. Um, yeah. And, and, and for me, you know, like, and this is a disclaimer for the listeners, you know, anything I say, you know, um, it's really perhaps even just, you know, you know, the thoughts that are, you know, coming out, popping into my brain right now, but I may feel a little different about it, you know, next week. I I, I don't know. So don't, sure. you know, that's my, okay. I'll take my opinions are I guess the current perspective now is uh you know uh, uh, as you know me in this state of time right now but you know for me design is is <laughs> quite simple you know it's 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 essentially you know we have this ability to um, shape or morph things you know around us our environments you know our, our situation as humans uh, we do yeah yeah as humans yes <laughs> important of, you know, uh, <laughs> a detail, uh, and 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 so, you know, because of that ability, you know, um, its design is always trying to, you know, essentially take advantage of that ability, <laughs> okay, so that we can make our situation or the the condition of being human um, more ideal or you know better, <laughs> in search of something better. So that's. That's really my, I don't know, thought on, I guess, the best description of what I could call design, but, um, uh, and, and, and really, actually, design is really only a part of that, you know, um, um, endeavor, right, because mm -hmm. you can really factor in every, all the other disciplines that we have to um, uh, participate with to, to design and, 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 and things. Mm -hmm. What kind of are those disciplines that you also have to factor in besides design, right? Right. Yeah. I, you know, and people that are that are not part of the design world or, or the business world, you know, um, this is for them, but everybody else kind of understands it. You know, they're engineering, they're, you know, marketing, they're operations, they're, you know, um, people that, you know, the, you know, the disciplines that you kind of find in, in, in companies that, that create things, you know, uh, for uh, revenue, right? <laughs> yeah, I got you. Have you created anything that like, or what's some of your proudest work? Is there anything that's out there that like we might see every day or anything that we might have run into or are you even allowed to say? Yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Like some of the things that, you know, that that I've, you know, had the privilege to touch. And, and by the way, you know, it's never myself. It's always, you know, many, 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 many people involved. Uh, but um, okay. I, I, I've been a, you know, a design consultant uh, for most of my career. Um, so that means that I, I sometimes sit on the outside, um, uh, perhaps where we work with brands or, you know, I get to work with brands um, or, you know, organizations, let's just say, um, that do particular things, but, you know, um, they invite us to participate in whatever their endeavors are. And, uh, and some of those things can be, you know, cars, um, like um, some, one of the early projects that, that I got to uh, enjoy being part of was um, trying to, this was back in, you know, 2009-ish, uh, where uh, uh, GM wanted to uh, create the next generation of, uh, uh, of the Corvette. <laughs> um, uh, and so I got to participate in uh, the 
interior design of the C7 uh, Corvette Stingray, and particularly the, the instrumentation, uh, the stuff that you see behind uh, the steering wheel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What the idea back then was that, um, you know, they wanted to modernize the vehicle, you know, um, keep the heritage, but bring it into the modern world. So they, they wanted a hybrid of digital and physical instrumentation. And mm. I was the, um, the, one of the primary UI designers of the instrumentation of that. But uh, that's, that's like one example. And um, I don't know that had to do lots of things. Um, a few cars, yeah. But even things like autonomous vehicles. Um, and one of the firms that I worked with, uh, I worked at before um, I started my own thing. Um, you know, they they had a client um, that that came in, and it was a chip maker, not not a car company. Uh, but chip maker were interested in, you know, how do you design a a chip that that would that that would essentially allow a car to drive itself, um, and so that. You know, perhaps a car brand can, you know, essentially, you know, overlay their services or experience that they want to provide to their uh, users, you know, on, 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 on what they believe a self-driving car experience would be. And so, you know, as a designer, um, often what we do is, you know, we, we, we try to understand the technicalities and the technical things, but um, see how it could uh be useful to or friendly to use for for people, and so mm. you know, you, you know, we're um, at least in that project. You know, how do we make it this amazing technology? How do we make it more human uh, and relevant to daily lives, and 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 make it not um, intimidating and and, and right. safe and and trustworthy and and uh, a delight? You know, and so then you know, as a designer, we have to essentially. Uh, design, you know, aspects of the experience of riding or using a self-driving car um, from a uh, human perspective <laughs> and re relay that back to the software architects or the chip architects. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, these are some of the things that you guys should, you know, um, allow someone, uh, a car company to, to do later on. <laughs> I got you. Did you get to ride an autonomous vehicle to get that kind of study in? Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's a... <laughs> It's a developing technology, right? And sometimes, sure. sometimes you don't get to experience that because it's, it's such new technology that there it doesn't even exist yet. So it took some imagination, right? And so it takes a lot of lot of imagination. Yeah, yeah. And, and, okay. and, but but there there are projects where, you know, uh, where you know it, it's about evolving, you know, um, current technologies um, or rethinking. Know, current technologies um, yeah. and you get to experience you have to experience the technology so that your imagination can take you know you or to the next know, level or next yeah, step to, to where it could be yeah yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it seems like there's always like um some sort of like homage to balance that is coming in with design because you're talking about like um respect the the tradition of the Corvette while bringing it into the modern world or taking a, making sure that a product is fully functional um, technologically, but then also making sure that it's friendly and user, use a, the usability is there and people are happy and willing and looking forward to using it, even though it's something that is 
it could be kind of foreign to us as you know because it's so technologically advanced or just because it's not part of it's not part of the organic world yeah right right um i mean there's there's always uh lessons to be learned from the organic world and um that's it's, it's awesome when you can you know you know borrow <laughs> from from nature um and and actually this is something that happens quite often in, in design and we don't we don't even know it and sometimes you know it can kind of morph into this thing where um you know we have to like use a lot of um analogies or metaphors um so that you know technology is uh, more understandable or relatable and and so that's yeah, <laughs> something that you know i mean i think designers it kind of happens naturally because that's really a, the only perspective that you can bring without you know like like because we're living things you know right <laughs> and so and that's where we come from so. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool so is, is there ways that you do purposefully grow your imagination or purposefully look for ways to strengthen like think of it like a muscle do you strengthen your imagination anyway or is it just been free yeah. flow yeah right imagination as a muscle i mean that's that's an interesting way to put it but i mean i bet you there's there's some ways to make that like really good analogy um i don't even know if i'm using the word analogy correct in there but it's an analogy yeah like um yeah. you know I, there does a period in my life where I, I was really interested in um could i think of something uh something that doesn't exist so clearly in my <laughs> head that I could just trace it after I thought of it, like yeah. So you were like, thinking about that at early age. Yeah, like um, you know, drawing was something that was always accessible to me, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I grew up without too many resources, let's say, and and but drawing was something that was always easy uh, uh, to access. Uh, you just need you know, piece of paper and pencil, you don't even need it, you, you need a stick and some sand, you know, right? Um, uh, and and so, you know, I always, you know, drew a lot. Um, but then there was a point where, you know, people start to notice, like, you draw well. And then that feedback, you know, allows, you know, kind of, you know, you kind of try to capitalize on that. And so, because it feels good to be complimented. So then I drew more. And, but then it was always, you know, when you're young, you're, you're learning how to, how to do things and yeah. want to do it really well. So, so here's this thing that I get complimented on. So I'm going to keep doing it, but at the same time, Hey, I want to get better. And one of the things that, you know, I want to get better about is like proficiency to, you know, essentially not have to redraw things that, that, that I could really just think about something. And, and draw it so well that you know <laughs> that that it's not it's not more efficient let's say yeah and 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 so you know a lot of a lot of it you know i guess i and it wasn't intentional really but like i can kind of look back on my experience like late high school or i guess post high school like you know the things that i try to do as mental exercises was how can i you know, essentially dream of something, 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 you know, concrete in my brain, or uh, maybe you could call it 
the mind's eye. Some people call it the mind's eye. Like yeah. And then be able to literally project it onto a sheet of paper and be able to trace it. I don't think I would ever, I, I, no one could ever get there unless, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a couple of people in the world that could perhaps do that. You know, you hear people with yeah. memories and all of those things, but that was like, that was like a goal, like that, that I set for myself. And, and before you know it, yeah, like I found myself just doing that for hours every day. And after a year or two, I got really good at it. <laughs> That's cool. It became That's really, cool. really useful later on, right? As yeah. a designer, right? Absolutely. So how important was that um, positive feedback that you got um, early on when people started noticing your drawing and things like that? Like It, it was everything to me, right? Um, yeah i didn't i got yelled at a lot (laughs) (laughs) i was a trouble or troublemaker but not intentionally like looking back on it you know it was like i wasn't trying to make trouble just that i didn't follow the rules because i don't know um i just wasn't set up for success you know um right yeah well i I do think that there's a lot of rules in play you know the, the, the rules especially like in school the way it's set up now and i really um I both didn't do good in school and I also thrived in school once I figured out it was like to my advantage and that I kind of had the ability to, but like not everybody always has that realization um, or even, um, and so the way school is now is kind of like a factory kind of cookie cutter thing, right? And as individuals, that's contrary to being individuals, <laughs> right? And so like when you hear about, oh, this kid has ADD or that kid's that, I'm like, no, the kid's not, doesn't have ADD. The kid's just in a system, or this is my perspective, but the, the kid's just in a system that is for the middle of the bell curve. And right. that kid, whatever we're measuring here is on either end of the bell curve, right? Whether it's how fast their mind goes or how strong their imagination is or the, their potential to have capability of of good imagination or whatever it's just different than most people and school is set up for most people right but there are the few that 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 has has to participate in that system but yet it's not the perfect situation for them and therefore um you know there's some negative consequences of that and and i feel like i was one of those kids you know I, i i was you know, I got yelled at because they were like, you have potential and you're so smart. Oh. You have good test grades, but why are you not doing your homework, you know, or yeah. know, why are you not interested in this class? And, you know, and trying and you, to get you out can of this do class. it. You can do it. Why aren't you doing I, I it? Why aren't you happy to do it? Jimmy's happy. And I, I didn't understand that as a kid. So, you know, right. I just felt bad because I really wanted to make, you know, everybody happy, but I just, it wasn't because I was trying to make people unhappy at me, but um, you know, <laughs> you know, but, but what's happened has happened, and, and and I can look back at it and say, yeah, like, but there are, there are, there are times where you know it was commended, you know, like, oh, you you you're you're good at math or you're good at drawing, you know, and so it makes you want to do more of it, you know, and so that makes sense. Was one of them, and and yeah. that's like I was actually good at math, like really, that's that's yeah. unlike most designers I know. Actually, most of them are really bad at math and are dyslexic. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I, I was really good at math. They gave like in seventh grade, they, they gave my middle school like this test. They, they didn't matter what grade you're in. And I just, I got the top score in the entire middle school. And then, so then they sent me to this math championship and, uh, 
And I got there and realized it was all algebra. And I had they <laughs> and I went to like a parochial school. And so, and they hadn't gone to algebra yet, or I, I was never placed in advanced, advanced placement or anything. So I was kind of angry about it. Like, you know, I felt like it wasn't my fault. Like it was my my education that like had they kind of discovered that I was good at math and taught me the right things. So I could have become a math champion. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are telling me you, yeah. And, and, and so who knows what could have happened in a, maybe in an alternate universe. I, I, I could have been a mathematician or something, right? Yeah. There's a there's an alternate universe where you won that championship. Yeah, yeah. There has right. to be. There has to be, right? Yeah, because I, I I truly felt like I could have had I just been shown the algebra, you know, formula. Interesting. How um how important is positive feedback today? Like when you're doing um your day to day work in design, when you've got like a design project. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I mean, it goes a long ways. I make it a point. Oftentimes, it's. So, you know, there's this thing in design um, that's important. A critical part of design is being critical or uh, we, we, it's important to often have critiques um, and, and, and crit culture, you know, it, and, and this is something that I learned from other folks uh, that, that it, it really does bring out the best designs um, or at least the best possible design for whatever situation that yeah. comes from. And so, you know, we, we, we hold it, you know, it's an important thing of, of, of design culture. Yet, um, sometimes you get, uh, if you're not aware that that there, there are emotions involved, you know, because there are people involved. And, yeah, and it's, it's a project they care about it. They put effort into it. Right. So if you don't take the time to not just point out, you know, the, the things that it could, things could improve on, right? But also you have to, you have to balance that with making sure that, um, you know, people, you give a shout out when people deserve it, or if there are things that did go well, you know, or things that are, you know, going well, um, oftentimes it's, it, it's like, like you only focus on the bad things or things that needs improvement and, and, and all the good things, you know, might kind of be like taken for granted, let's say, right. And yeah. like, but no one talks about like, you know, it in percentages, like it's 99% great and 1% you know, bad. Or, when you fixate you know, on that 1%. Just, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and so like the optics could be that, oh, am I doing a bad job? And then people, people that, that are being critted or, you know, being, you know, um, they, they, you, you should take effort to make sure that, that, that it is not just the things that need improvement. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't feel like I do enough of that, but I, but I need to do more than, and we also, I try to make a conscious effort to do that. So we, you know, Little, even little things like I have an entire Slack channel dedicated to props, mm. <laughs> and I give props, and I try to, you know, <laughs> um, whenever I can, but it's not often enough. To share. Yeah, people yeah. talk about um, compliment sandwiches, and then they just like butcher it, right? Where it's like, "True, I really like your hat today. Your style sucks, but good work." <laughs> you know, that's like a butchered way to do it. Um, I yeah. did it one time really well, I think. <laughs> And where it was like, um, I had a group project and the, the, just the wording was really off. And at the time I was kind of like, I had studied writing a lot. Like I had a blog and I had a friend who was really good at writing and like, we just like worked together. So like I had to really hold in skill. And, but my group mate turned, we had something that just wasn't that great. And so, but what I said was like, and it was, it was all honest, right? What I said was like, Hey, you know, this is really great in terms of the content that's there. 
Um, I would love to just rework some of the order of it because I think it's all there, but I just want to rework some of the order. But overall, I think this is really good, right? That's, that's great feedback. Great feedback, right? Versus like what I would have said maybe if I if I didn't like consciously try and do compliment sandwich would be like, oh my God, you guys, I need to fix this. This is so bad. Like this could take me hours. Like, or like, you know, like mm-hmm. could you rework the order? I don't like the order. The order doesn't make sense. You know, it, it's easy for me or other people to kind of just be like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. Could you fix it? Versus like, hey, it works in this way. You've got this going on. If we just do this, I think it could be really good. And, you know, that way it's like us and it's together. Yeah, right. I, you know, I think you hit on something important, which is honesty. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't just be like, hey, this is really good when you don't mean it. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But like beyond just honesty, like, like, like creating a safe space where you you can be straightforward about the things that you're not happy with or that you do believe could be better um, yeah and and and, the, and the, the environment you know the culture is 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 not you know uh, welcomes that type as something um constructive or a, you know not not you know not negative you know and and that's i think that's that's actually the critical thing is that that, 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 having that safe environment yeah yeah that it's not a personal attack in any way it's really yeah. for the greater goal and if everybody feels that rather than feeling like they have to kind of tiptoe around or dance around or not understand the, the, the yeah of the room i think that's that's how you create better you know uh spaces for collaboration you know right i think so and that's how you really create work that you can be proud of i think right Um, because you know i grew up with very supporting parents and you know everything i did was amazing and great you know (laughs) and so when you when you turn something in you're and and or like when you share your ideas or a piece of work with with your team and they're like well this needs to be fixed this needs to be fixed this needs to be fixed and you're just like what like no you guys i'm good at a lot of things including this like but like it is hard to like not take that personally where it's just like ow you think i'm so dumb it's it's really about okay wait how do i take my kind of emotions out of here for a quick sec even though i feel strongly about it because i want this to go well i want everyone to like the work and be proud of me and like me personally um, how do I take that out of the equation for a quick sec and understand that um, I'm not perfect, right? And that what I do can always improve and that everybody's always trying to improve. You know, you, you find people who are at the top of their game and they have coaches, they have practice sessions, right? There is like, um, I watched like the last dance with, with uh, they talked about Michael Jordan and the, um, the guy who helped, one of his trainers was saying that he would work on before every single game, the chess pass. The greatest player of all time worked on the most basic fundamental thing before every single game. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's <laughs> probably why he's the best. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, like, and I hate giving this advice to students, <laughs> but that's my advice is work on your fundamentals. <laughs> exactly it's all fundamentals yeah (laughs) if you can't draw people right how are you going to draw things for people (laughs) i like that i played with my head for a quick sec (laughs) still playing with my head (laughs) more like if you if you don't if you can't i don't know draw do a still life of a vase you know in a flower right yeah how 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 a a piece of graphite might be able to render you know how, how light bounces off a surface and 
and makes it look glossy or smooth or ruffled or textured or absorbed yeah. light or gives you, you know, the illusion of volume, then how are you, how are you gonna try to do that with something that doesn't exist? <laughs> yeah, no, it reminds me of um, two different kind of books that I had kind of read. One was like by the Patagonia's founder called Let My People Go Surfing. Love it for all kinds of reasons. Um, but one of the things it talked about was, it was like, the more you know, the less you need, right? Like if you like, so if you're like on a camping trip or whatever, or you're whatever, um, I don't know how make this a really good example but if you know how to do a lot of things with with a piece of rope and some trash bags you don't need hundreds of dollars worth of gear you just need seven dollars worth of rope and some trash bags for two dollars and and you can pretty much do whatever you need to do without you know this uh you know two hundred dollar sleeping bag bag or whatever or whatever it is that have you and then kind of the other thing is that um the art of war talks about um it's got a couple things in there, but one of them was um, there's not more than five cardinal um, senses, like for your taste. Yet those five combinate, like between you know what is it like sweet and like savory and um, salty and like sour or something like that. Between all of those, there's more flavors that can ever be tasted in your entire life. You could yeah. taste something completely different, like every second of your entire life, and you will never taste all the tastes there are to taste. But yeah. there's not more than five different ways. Yeah, right. There's, I think there's like a sixth one, or an, like an extra one in the Eastern cultures or Chinese cultures. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, like damn it. <laughs> I think I think I think five. Yeah, sweet sour, it's something like that. Yes, I have the list somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> or, or even like even like there's like there's like nine <laughs> musical notes, right? And and yeah. and with those nine notes, there's more yeah. sounds that could ever be heard. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's super interesting, right? And yeah, um, you know, with basic fundamentals, yeah, you can you can generate infinite you know amounts of variations. It's it's kind of amazing. <laughs> It is amazing, not kind of. It's just amazing. It is absolutely astounding. <laughs> yeah, close your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of um, generating, and um, I wanted to talk about because so not only are you a designer, but you've got a farm forest. What do, what do you call it? Do you have a special? I've heard of all kinds of things like farm forest, food fo- farm, <laughs> yeah. regenerative thing. I, I, yeah, so maybe I, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, because you've heard this story before, that's what you're mentioning about, I used to live in Seattle, and, you know, you're in the city, and, uh, well, I lived in Michigan before I moved to Seattle, but uh, when we moved back from Seattle to be closer to family, um, we thought, I think, you know, we, we had a young kid, you know, our first kid, and, and, and my wife was pregnant with the second one, and, you know, uh, we, we said, well, here's an opportunity to go find some place where, where we want to raise our kids, you know, someplace are the, the life that we would want to give our kids. So, so, mm-hmm. and, and, and what that was, was um, a, a, a farm life, <laughs> a rural life. life. Yeah. Uh, lots of space, um, nature. And so uh, we, we thought we'd look for farmland um, to, to, um, to move to. So, we found uh, 25 acres uh, zoned agricultural uh, in West Michigan, Plainmo, uh, out of all the places. We looked everywhere, you know, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, you know, other places, and, and, and there was a farm in Plainmo. It wasn't a farm. It was just 
uh, farmland that uh, was zoned. Land. Yeah, right. Yeah, but there wasn't like a like a farm in operation there. Um, it was it was a farm at some point. That's why it's zoned ag. So, uh, and it was super reasonably priced. And, and and the house on it, you know, um, it, it was you know, over a hundred years old, but um, it, it it was well maintained. So so we just kind of dived in and, and and purchased it and 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 moved in. Um, and you know, we at the time we <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. It was mostly grass, um, but uh, what we wanted to do was figure out how to live. Um, with the land now that we had a bunch of land yeah um and uh, my wife grew up on a uh, on a large commercial blueberry farm and so you know um, she understood you know like um, growing things and and, and you know um, at, at, at large scales right um mm. but but she was also exposed to the I guess the the behind the scenes of what commercial farming is, which is you know you have to do these things, artificial things to you know uh, um, combat you know things because you're operating at such a large scale, um, like you know pesticides and fertilizer and additives, um, um, use of things that aren't perhaps you know to someone who wants to get closer to nature. Uh, feels a little weirded out by so those are words you don't want to hear when you're trying to be a, a good hippie yeah right right <laughs> and, and i'm a city boy you know i was born in, in in the second largest city in korea you know and i was i lived there until i was 10 years old and um uh you know um i moved to michigan you know <laughs> from korea in the middle of nowhere uh, uh but i definitely felt out of place and, and and when i went back to seattle i was like oh this is kind of like where i'm from and Move back to the country and <laughs> and uh you know i don't know the first thing about this so you know i i, I let you know uh, but i was open to it i was very open to it and, and i wanted to learn about it and so i was in full support um and whatever i did was in support of that so uh my you know my wife she discovered you know um, what's called permaculture um and it's quite simple philosophy which is that you know in nature um how you have biodiversity and that that diversity is what keeps things in balance um and and you don't have uh things like uh plants that you have to plant every year you know like annuals like like the things that we do like now like if you if you're a corn farmer you have to put in new seeds every year and um and uh and also you know you 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 take a large plot of of land and you you grow one type you know in, in these really neat rows so monoculture yeah monoculture yeah there you go yeah yeah and um you know um but in, but but in nature or perhaps even you know you could probably look back you know i was and i was told about this certain thing that most people don't know which is like when when western settlers came to the americas like it, it felt like you know heaven because you know, uh, in, in the woods, like, there, you know, things are, you know, there, all the, there, there was fruit and nuts and, and things mm -hmm. that were kind of like easy to reach, not realizing that perhaps the indigenous people have slowly, you know, been doing <laughs> type of actually slowly done that on purpose. And they may not feel like agriculture from a Western perspective that it was actually arranged, but, but in a way that, you know, to a Westerner looked wild, right? Right. Um, 
It looked so like it was naturally straight. that way. Yeah, right, right. Because it wasn't in straight <laughs> yeah. lines. Mm-hmm, right, right. And, and and not realizing that 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 those things have been actually been, you know, placed there and and, and evolved into that, you know, uh, from a from that perspective. So um, and I hope I'm not butchering this and maybe some of your listeners know more about design than I do, but you know, permaculture is about, you know, um perennials, not annuals, and, sure. and putting in um, at you know systems that that create biodiversity and and let let the the species or the types of living things in there help uh, take care of each other so that it is it is you know balanced and sustainable. Hmm. Uh, how does how does biodiversity um, contribute to balance? Yeah, yeah. So like um, there there are lots of cool documentaries coming out nowadays. Like when someone saw our farm, we just planted 400 fruit and nut trees on our hills. And, and they're like, oh, it's just like apricot lanes. Like there's this documentary called Biggest Little Farm or something. And, and, and you know, like, you, like you, you see that documentary and like, wow, that looks just like what we're trying to do. But like, if you look at, you know, the, 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 the methodology, perhaps like it kind of leads to that look and feel, which is like, um, you know, things of mixed varieties of things. Um, um, uh, what was the question? Like you said, how does biodiversity need to um, balance, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, right, right. And so like, 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 in, you know, and they kind of highlight some of the things, uh, like, let's say you have pest problem, right? Like there's, there's, because like, there's no natural predators, like a certain type of pest might come in mm. and kind of obliterate your, you know, yield or crops or per se, but um, what, what, what can actually happen after that is that they may not necessarily be a bad thing because, you know, there might be something that you can introduce um, or, or, or perhaps the predators of, of those pests may now um, be starting to be attracted to what, you know, to that. And, and, and all of a sudden now you, you have uh, uh, apex predators coming in and taking care of those things because you created a condition where you're providing food for them, right? Interesting, yeah. Like at the time that it's happening, it may feel like the worst thing, but um, just be more patient because because something might naturally come and take care of that, right? And so, mm-hmm. or like um, the example that they use is like we had slugs, uh, so they introduced ducks, and they love slugs, <laughs> and so they came and eat it all up. Now they get to raise ducks too. Like like it's not just interesting. Cows. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like. Uh, things like that the the biodiversity is all about you know like the, the the food chain and you know how a symbiotic relationship between species um not just plants and two plants but plants to animals and insects. yeah this might be a reach but so if you do biodiversity in a way that um can you do biodiversity in such a way that you don't need pesticides and fertilizers right that's the whole idea is not to have, not to use any of that just that's the idea. Like it, to me it's like it's the lazy way of farming and that's kind of we joke about that like like it's the effortless you know, way effortless right like you put in the system in, in place and and it kind of take care, takes care of itself and that's great for me because it's less work i have to do <laughs> and i get to still enjoy the, the fruits of labor <laughs> like really? no intended but you know if you don't care about you know nice rows and you know like if, if, <laughs> if you have, like there's some some people that look for certain types of aesthetics look, you, you can have that. nice rows <laughs> and a broken back or you can have a nice life but it's gonna look a little messy but yeah. you're still gonna have actually probably even more fruits and veggies and nuts and animals to eat from if yeah. if animals eating is your thing but um, to me it's not messy it's just more natural yeah <laughs> i'd agree i'd yeah. agree although i we were the house in the block that was getting all the citations from the city saying you need to cut your lawn so 
um, huh? messy for me is yeah. <laughs> as far as lawns go. Yeah, I, I mean, this is why we live on country in ag, ag, zoned ag land because there you no, go. And to tell us that we're letting the grass go yeah. because we want to introduce mosquitoes for the bats and the dragonflies and you know other praying mantises and etc. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool because well, so um, I feel like if you do it right, there's um, like layers to the biodiversity and farm permaculture forest where it's you might have trees that grow um, food and then you got like a middle like shrub or something and then below that you might have like some things that just grow closer to the ground. Is that a thing? Wait, like, wait, what, what are you asking here? <laughs> like, so, like, <laughs> can you, okay, so I might be making this up, but I thought you could do like a, like a farm where you've got like three or more layers oh, where they oh, all grow together on like, oh, right. There's something that grows close to the yeah. ground, something that grows maybe waist level and something that grows like above your head or at head level, face level. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's, I mean, that's, yeah, like that, that can be a component of, of a, you know, a diverse way of farming too, right? Yeah. You, you know, if, if it makes sense, right. Like you have shade loving species, um, and you have all species or like oh, oh, oh uh, here's a good one uh this is uh what like uh, uh it's called three sisters I, I i by the way i'm only learning about this from my my my, my partner she's she's teaching all of these things so you're the closest of, thing i have to an expert oh, okay. So. <laughs> so this, okay so hopefully i can i can help you know uh relay some of the information but we, no, she was she wanted to try this thing called three sisters and i thought it was really fascinating because basically it's, it's you 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 create mounds and, and then you 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 plant corn uh squash or like pumpkins and, and beans uh, together like as a the hence the three sisters and what happens is the corn is tall so that 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 allows the beans to climb up and then, and then the squash is is low and wide and, and has big leaves and it, it covers the ground so it suppresses the weed and so that the corn and the bean will thrive. And, and so therefore you don't have to like weed and you don't have, you know, you don't have to put in like stalks for the bean poles, right? Yeah, like it, it, it's just, you just plant them together and they kind of do their own thing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So is that what okay. you're talking about? Or? Yes, it totally oh, okay. is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I mean, we tried it and, and you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was super cool. And we did get corn, beans and, and, and pumpkins and squash. So it was, it was cool. So we're going to do it again. Or we, we are doing it again. Yeah. You said 400 trees were planted in your backyard? Yeah, yeah. I had nothing to do with this. She, <laughs> I, I'm taking credit for all of her amazing work. Um, uh, she, she, yeah, she wanted, you know, um, to use this hill, um, to plant fruits and nuts. So, uh, one of the things about the way we're trying to do it is, um, having actually, uh, metrics that we can, and, um, aim towards and, and the, 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 the unit of measurement that she's, she's kind of, um, using is calories, like, like, mm -hmm we have this plot of land and we can, we can, we can think about it and it's like how much yield is it going to give us in, in terms of like dollars or, or pounds or in, in, but rather than that, we decide to, you know, or her rather, I, when I say we, I'm literally taking credit for her geniusness, but like she, she wants to think about it as how much calories can we, can we provide um, from this land or what we plant or what we decide to grow or, you know, 
Um, and uh, we, we thought, hey, and there's all this information that's available where you could like sustain a family on a pretty small plot of land, but like our, you know, we have 25 acres and we want to use some of that to um, to plant things. Hey, let's make, uh, let's plant things so that we, we can extract enough calories for like to, up, up to 25 families. And that, that, that is a really great way to think about it because then you kind of work backwards from there, mm. right? Yeah, and the goal is that, hey, rather than just uh, varieties, cool varieties of produce you could get weekly from like a CSA, like what if you didn't have to go grocery shopping anymore because you're a member of a farm or something, right? And, and you, you, you got all of your calorie needs, um, so from from nuts, meats, you know, proteins on top of, you know, you know, produce and things like that. Interesting. Are there any animals that are at play there? Like, do you see a lot of wildlife uh, hanging out? So, yeah. Yeah. One thing that we, we, we actually started was animals are actually kind of easy to introduce, right? You, you, you go and get a horse or you get sheep or pigs and, yeah. uh, but there's just so many things that they require, um, mm infrastructure and ability to keep them safe and you know um how do you manage them so that they don't get in your way and and that takes a lot of work and and mm -hmm. so you know when we first moved there we got horses you know we got chickens and what we realized was that they were taking up all of our time <laughs> and we weren't getting to the stuff that needed to be done now so that we can mm -hmm. enjoy it like years later <laughs> because trees take a long time to grow so um we decided to okay <laughs> you know maybe not focus on the meat yet because you know it's easier to introduce versus you know things that need to take um, years to um mature um perhaps the uh, you know those things are are the things that we should you know not get distracted by animals uh with yeah. so um yeah so you know we don't have any animals right now we have cats barn cats <laughs> <laughs> well i like the idea of thinking about um calories instead of like kind of other metrics because then the kind of question is, how much food can I possibly grow here, which kind of should be the question from the start versus like, well, this crop will give me, you know, $1 per acre or this crop will give me $10 per acre. So which one do I do there? And then, you know, maybe you, I mean, you would end up maybe with like a monoculture there trying to create, you know, trying to get created uh, a crop that gives you the most dollar per yield. But then all of a sudden now you're introducing all kinds of other things where that only works for a couple of years, but now you got to add fertilizer. Now you got to add all these other things to it to make it actually sustainable. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of opinions on, uh, on that farming is not, <laughs> uh, doesn't really pay well. Right. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. If you really, really look at the, 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 the economics of it, that it's, it's, it's kind of like, why would anybody get into farming, you know, at the end of the day where, you know, you're anyways, that, that, that's probably wait, wait, a different conversation, but for, for us, like, we don't need to make money from it, you know, like it's, it's just a place we want to raise our kids, you know? And yeah. so we have the luxury of thinking about it that way, you know? And so, uh, but there's definitely a need to think about it from, a, you know, from an economical perspective or from a, from a revenue perspective, but we have the luxury of not not having to worry about that. So we get to think about it in terms of things like calories or um, <laughs> brownie points. What do you call it? Uh, quality of life points. Yeah, qualitative versus quantitative, let's say. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the quantitative part that we can look at is some, not, you know, it's not dependent on, on having to make a living from it because I am a designer and that's, that, that's so far, that's where we're making a living from. But um, yeah, you know, uh, we, we, we did 
think about it, you know, like, hey, if we were to generate revenue from this farm, how could we actually make a business model work? And uh, it would be really, really difficult, you know. Math didn't um, check out. Yeah, yeah, right. The math didn't work. So, so hey, if there's an opportunity that does surface it because we, we went about it that way later on, great, we'll explore it that time. Question, your shirt says stop meeting. What is that talking about? Stop meeting, uh, start making. Oh, oh my God, oh. this is from... Actually, I'm now now I'm plugging in my my past past uh, in place of employment, but just, I used to work at a place and they made these T-shirts because they found themselves in too many meetings and realized that they need to they need to do less of that and actually design more. So it was kind of an inside joke. They made T-shirts and I wore it today for someone uh, in my studio today, and because uh, <laughs> we had a lot of meetings this this week and and I want to get shop and start creating things. So um, it, it is a reminder to myself as well. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it says for your listeners who can't see, stop meetings, start making. Like I think that's you know like meetings are unnecessary, right? <laughs> you got to get on the same page. Very very important. But sometimes, uh, you know, uh, you start to notice an imbalance, right? Now we're talking about balance again. Um, and that's yeah. the balance of the creative part plus the organization or the planning part or the alignment part or the communication part. So, you know, balance. Sustainability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, one thing I wanted to um, mention on the topic of balance, when you were talking about how um, design as soon as you kind of kind of get a um a grasp on it or a handle on it you realize it's much bigger or broader and mm -hmm. i've heard like theories where it's that's kind of um enlightenment itself where is there will be there can be like a moment where the universe and the knowledge that you have all kind of like click together and you get it but then you realize that everything that you understand is only a fraction of what there is to understand. And then you kind of, you go from there because so you only achieve like enlightenment for a moment. And then you realize, cause you realize everything you've kind of wanted to realize. And then you realize that there's so much more to that. And then that happens layer after layer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced that. Definitely. I can relate to that for sure. I think, I think a lot of people can. Um, Hope so. You know, when people talk about, well, how did you become good at such and such things, you know, and I, I like to describe it as actually it didn't happen on a gradual curve. It happened in steps, <laughs> like plateaus and, yeah. and and the verticals of that, those steps, the vertical part, not the horizontal part, right? Yeah. Um, um, was, uh, was an indication of the moment that all of a sudden something clicked, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, I get that, right? <laughs> and yeah. all of a sudden my skills like dramatically improve. And, and then you know it keeps going on. I'm trying, still trying to get better and better and better, but like it doesn't feel like I'm getting better. But I'm I'm still at it, you know. And all of a sudden, you, there's another thing that clicks, and then yeah. boom, you know, then you like you, you kind of level up. Let's say absolutely, that's a great way <laughs> level to level up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel like a lot of a lot of the things that I'm proficient at or good at now, it, it was through those like realizations, like oh, like these clicks or things that just kind of click, and, and then allow you to yeah. just make leaps. Reminds me of um, the harder I worked, the luckier I got. You know, yeah. Or like it, the, you work hard and eventually something will happen. <laughs> don't don't give up. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, this has been freaking fantastic. Um, is there anything that you might else want to share? Like if, if there's anything um, just from the conversation you might want to share or if there's anything that like you just wish that people knew. And here's a chance to say something that you want people to know. 
or here? Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I really didn't have any expectations uh, talking to you today. And uh, what I thought the conversation was going to be was not what we talked about. So <laughs> I think uh, there's definitely a theme to this conversation, which is balance. <laughs> yeah. And um, just, um, you know, when, when, when you feel uh, out of balance, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always easier to, uh, you know, get back to the equilibrium when, 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 when you, when you felt, you know, when you, when you're not too um, tipped in one, one or the other. So, you know, always try to stay in balance. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if you keep that in mind, maybe, maybe you can, you can keep the equilibrium going longer, um, but it can be fleeting and, 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 and there's a point where, you know, the tipping point, they, they, they say, right, um, that it, it feels like the worst thing, but don't worry, you can slowly get back there by, you know, <laughs> to that equilibrium. If you, if you yeah. Um, and I think you get back to there by um, focusing um, on the fundamentals. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you were getting at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fundamentals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that like when I when uh, I'm having an off season in my life, it's like, okay, well, you know, am I sleeping on time? Am I, you know, eating? What am I eating? <laughs> am I exercising regularly? You know, am I having positive conversations with the people in my life? And if you can, you know, oftentimes when I'm off balance, those things are out of whack too. And so by starting on those fundamental things, you can kind of bring yourself to that balance towards it. I love it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take this away with me and, and ponder on that for the rest of the week. And so, please. Yeah. And it's probably gonna, you know, have cascading effects to you know what I'm trying to do, you know, and and people that I work with. So yeah. Ah, so maybe you will listen to the podcast. Yeah, I, I'll I'll make them listen to it and tell me what they think. But <laughs> <laughs> you, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you too, man. This was great. And that's a wrap. I really enjoyed this one. Big shout out to Churu. Thank you so much for coming on the Luciano cast. Uh, the best thing you can do for this podcast is tell a friend about it. I really hope you liked it. I hope you learned some things. I hope some uh, nuggets of wisdom in there were useful to you. And with that, please, for the love of God, go forth and prosper. Peace.